Hello, and welcome to The Promise of Discovery, a podcast where members and investigators at the Vanderbilt Kennedy Center talk about their research in intellectual and developmental disabilities. Good morning. My name is Courtney Taylor, and I'm the Director of Communications for the Vanderbilt Kennedy Center. I'm here today with Dr. Miriam Lentz, who is an assistant professor in otolaryngology here at Vanderbilt and a member of the Vanderbilt Kennedy Center. Hello, Dr. Lentz. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining us. Um, we're here to talk about your work with the Serenade Parent-Child Music Class Program, which uh, is an integrated recreational program that's designed to support neurodiverse children and their families. Uh, but before we talk about that program and the research that you're doing through it, I'd like to learn a little bit more about you. Um, so how did you get interested in disabilities research? So I have been interested in child development and also music cognition and then the intersection of these two areas for a really long time. And I actually completed my graduate training in clinical psychology right here at Vanderbilt, not the Vanderbilt Kennedy Center, where I got to work with Dr. Elizabeth Dykins, um, particularly focused on individuals with Williams syndrome. And I got to work at the Williams syndrome music camp that's hosted at the Kennedy Center every year. And I was just completely struck by sort of the emotional experience that the campers were having with uh, music and engaging in music with other people. And then as I completed my clinical training at the Children's Hospital here with Vanderbilt Triad, which focuses on individuals with autism, and then in other locations as well, I just was always struck by how often families were spontaneously um, discussing how much their child loved music or how they used music in their families. And it didn't matter what population I was working with, kids with autism, with Down syndrome, with Williams syndrome, prematurity, international adoption, it was just a very common theme. So I was really fortunate to be able to return to Vanderbilt now as faculty, and I co-direct the Vanderbilt Music Cognition Lab. And my research uh, focuses a lot on individuals with neurodevelopmental disorders. And a big focus of this is understanding the mechanisms and applications of musical experiences to support children and their families. That's so great. Well, let's get to the music research then, now that you mention it. Um, can you tell me a little bit about how this project came about? Sure. So there were a couple of different inspirations for the project. So one is really, as I just mentioned, from families that we were hearing a lot from families that music was really important in their lives. Um, but a lot of the families that I was working with, particularly families of young autistic children in clinic, they were really interested in having you know, community participation um, activities. But at the time we first started this, there weren't really that many options for these types of activities where I think families really felt supported and understood that if their child had certain needs, that this would be the, the right class environment for them. Um, so we wanted to really design a program that was intentionally designed with these families in mind to give them a positive community experience. And then parallel to that, in the sort of music cognition field writ large, there's been lots of ongoing work showing that music is a really uh, powerful platform for social bonding and social connection. And we see this within families. And I'm sure, you know, anyone who's a parent and can think about like singing their lullaby to their child and that sense of social connection they have or, you know, playing some sort of uh, 
you know, ring around the rosy or doing baby shark, you know, you know, the first couple of times before you've done it a thousand times and you're like, oh my God, how am I doing this again? But having those sort of shared experiences can be really powerful for bonding within families, but also um, even across strangers. So doing musical activities together with other people is really potent form of social connection um, because of how it impacts our emotions and our arousal, because it helps us move together in synchrony. Um, when you do musical activities, you coordinate your behaviors with other people. And that's a really powerful um, mechanism of social connection. So from all that literature, we were thinking, well, musical activities are one, something families are really interested in and children really enjoy doing. And two, we know this is a really important platform for social connection. So this would be perhaps a really good avenue for doing these types of um, you know, community integration activities. Um, and then I think the third part is from my clinical training as I was learning more and more and working in um, sort of evidence-based autism intervention fields, I was just noticing a lot of parallels in how some of the sort of best evidence-based practices we use or what we're hoping to um, get from different autism intervention practices can align often with musical activities. So things like being face-to-face -face with your child, having really predictable activities and structure, having activities your child really enjoys. Well, music kind of ticks all those boxes for sort of interpersonal musical games. Um, so it seemed like it would be a really great platform to try to create a community uh, program using music. And is, do you work with a specific age range of children? That's a really good question. So in this program, we're mostly working with sort of toddlers and preschool aged. Um, we have some other programs where we work with kids with different ages, but the Serenade Parent-Child Music Class program is really focused on kind of the preschool age, if you think about that kind of you know, parent-child music class um, I guess, you know, mommy and me music class, but we have lots of dads and grandparents who participate as well. Um, so, so for those types of experiences. So what does a typical class look like? Uh, yeah, so a typical class is, um, so I should say the Serenade program is a uh, 10 to 12 week program. We've run some different versions of it. And the class is led by a board certified music therapist. So. I'm a clinical psychologist and I co-created this program with my um, colleague, Dr. Sarah Beck, who's now an assistant professor at Randolph College, but had been here at Vanderbilt. And she is uh, a developmental psychologist and also a phenomenal um, singer and songwriter. And we co-created this together with some music therapists in the community, um, Adam Summers and then Lauren Book, who are really phenomenal music therapists. And we were just so pleased to get to work with them. So uh, one of the music therapists leads the classes. Uh, you would probably not want me to be leading all of the singing activities. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we have about four to six families who participate in each class. And the same families participate in the class for each successive week. So the families get to know each other. And about half of the families um, have a child with autism and half of the families have a child, uh, you know, generally a typically developing peer. Um, and then during the classes, we're very clear to parents in the beginning that they are expected to actively participate in the classes with their child. So it's not like drop your kid off and, you know, sit in the back of the room or go get a cup of coffee. Uh, we're happy for you to have your coffee, but you're also going to be singing and dancing and moving around during the classes. And during the classes, we use all sort of best behavioral support practices 
um, to help all families participate and sort of meet families where we are. So we have a giant visual schedule that outlines what activities we're going to be using that helps people know what song we're doing, what song's coming next, and children get to actively participate in using the visual schedule. Everyone also gets their own visual schedule because, you know, sometimes two and three-year-olds want to have a turn every time. So that's something they can be learning. Um, we use things like prompting and social reinforcement to make it a really positive experience for the families. And then something that's really unique about our program is in addition to the um, sort of creating this shared and integrated environment, we really care about teaching and supporting parents and how to work with their children. So every week of the program is actually tied to a specific theme of a parenting strategy using music. So we tell families they're building a musical toolbox of family of parenting strategies. And each week they learn and focus on a different parenting strategy um, through the musical games. So for example, themes might involve like using music to support emotion regulation or using music to support imitation or language development or transitions. So there's lots of different themes that are, uh, you know, lots of parents of kids with and without autism are often looking for some support in helping their toddler and preschool age child who's developing their personality and has all lots of thoughts on things. Um, and so we teach these music-based strategies to kind of support parents in learning these skills. So families participate um, uh, in the class, they get to the class, we have a little warm-up period for children to play with toys and get acclimated to the room. And during this time, the music therapist um, checks in with the families, finds out how their musical activities um, they've been practicing at home have been going. And then the music therapist introduces the theme for the week. So like today we're talking about using music for imitation and she'll talk about why that's important and give examples of the way we can do things. And then the families and the Parents and the children participate in about 30 to 40 minutes of shared music making activities. And throughout these activities, the music therapist will call attention to the parents about how this activity fits in with the parenting theme that was described. So we can make those connections really explicit. And then at the end, families receive handouts about these strategies and they uh, work with the therapist to set home practice goals to individualize how they're going to work on that um, strategy for whatever goal they're working on for their child at home. And I should say all parents participate in all aspects. So parents of um, children with autism, parents of typically developing children, they all are learning parenting strategies and they're all setting home practice goals to, um, to work on ways to use music to support you know, social development or positive behavioral goals with their child. That's incredible. Um, so there's the social element, um, there's the parenting um, uh, educational component, and then it just sounds really fun too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how does the research fit into all this? What are you studying um, and, and with these families? Yes, so we have several different um, sort of research elements that we're looking at. So one of the elements is really kind of just an experiential element. So what drives families to participate, like what motivates them to want to do these types of experiences? What are they hoping to get out of experiences? Because that helps us, you know, shape the program when we know what people are, what their goals are. Um, what are their experiences of the of the program kind of writ large? We also are really interested in sort of understanding these, what we would call the mechanisms or processes by which a parent-child music class like this 
could have outcomes for social emotional well-being. So we have parents um, conduct we conduct interviews with them. Um, they fill out surveys, you know, before and after the program. We also have them fill out, uh, it's called ecological momentary assessment, which is a very fancy way of saying, we want to know how you're feeling at this moment during this activity that you're doing in your regular environment. So instead of just saying like, oh, remember when you did that thing five weeks ago and how did you feel then? We sort of ping parents in the moment and we say, how are you feeling right now? Um, so we can get like a true in vivo live you know, reaction from them. And then we also cope uh, children's behavior during the class so we can know how much children are actually um, participating in the class. What is the experience actually like? And also how much are parents um, working with their children at home? How much are they you know, doing these types of activities at home? Because we think coming to our, the music class is fantastic. And as you said, it is very fun. And that's something parents often report on. Um, but it, to also work on, for example, parenting strategies, we you know, would see more progress there if parents are actually working on them in their, you know, home environment. So we try to get a sense of how much families are doing, uh, doing home practice activities and, and using music intentionally for specific goals. Okay. And so tell me, what, what are you learning so far? Yeah. So I think a couple of things that are sort of, you know, not surprising, but still really nice to know is that parents really sign up for classes. Their motivation is for their children. And that's, you know, not unusual. That's, that's what, <laughs> that's what parents do. You do things for your child. And um, it's funny how often parents will say like, well, this is for her. It's not for me. Or like, I can't sing, but like, she really likes music. So like, we're going to give this a try. Um, and so parents often sign up because their children love music. So that kind of harkens back to our initial intuitions, which were musical activities can be really powerful for these community activities, because it's something that children and their, and their parents are really interested in. Another um, motivation we saw is that parents really want to have their children to have socialization experiences. Um, and I think this is maybe, you know, not surprising from thinking of the parents of autistic children that they're seeking out opportunities um, to get their child to have sort of socialization practices with their peers. Um, but they're very interested in having experiences with other children with autism, as well as the typically developing peer children. And I think that speaks to families, you know, feelings of the importance of getting to connect with other families who are in similar situations to them. But then interestingly, the families of the, the typically developing children also highly cite socialization experiences, and they're really interested in their children and their families being part of these sort of neurodiverse experiences. And I, and I think that speaks to their just growing awareness and, um, you know, all of the work that's been done about, hey, like, you know, we're all a community and we got to support each other and, and work together and learn from each other. Um, and so I think that was kind of a really nice thing to see that the parents of the typically developing children actually often said that was something that really brought them to the program. And that also then it was a real strength of the program afterwards was, you know, getting to be in this integrated environment, which makes it different than if you're in a, a class where, um, you know, maybe everyone is just like you. So that, that I thought was a nice finding. Um, but then what's also interesting is when we talk with parents after the program and we have a, a whole sort of interview process that we go to, um, and when we get parents ratings during the class themselves is that the classes are a really positive experience for parents. And we see this on the level of a single 
class session. So if we get their immediate rating at the start and end of classes, parents' positive affect goes up, their negative affect goes down, they feel more socially connected to other people in the class. And this is really important because this means that we're creating this positive social community experience. And we know that having those types of positive experiences um, is important for helping families feel more comfortable in like in a variety of community participation activities. So providing these types of experiences can um, you know, support people, not just in the music class, but feeling more empowered and um, prepared to engage in other community recreational activities as well. Um, some other things we've seen are that um, families have increased connections you know, within their families. So that happens both between the parents and child in the class themselves, but many families work on these musical activities you know, at home and they'll say, the music is such an, a conduit that we can bring other people in. So, you know, his sister can do these activities or his grandparent can do these activities or, um, you know, if moms will be like, even his, you know, even my husband could figure out what to do, you know, and so we get those sort of dynamics. Um, but then now you don't just have one person working on these sort of music based behavioral goals with the child you have many other people in the family sort of working on this skill, but through doing this fun musical activity. And then we also see, um, we, as I mentioned, we co-children's behavior during classes. And we see, not surprisingly, that as children learn the activities and get comfortable and learn the routines, their, what we call their active engagement in the classes go up. So their abilities and desire to uh, sing along, move along, actively doing the types of activities um, that are in the class, that that increases over the class. And particularly for families of children with autism, that is associated, that increased child's active engagement is associated with um, sort of parent-child social connection and parent-child social bonding, um, which kind of goes back to one of the things I mentioned way earlier uh, about music and moving together, having, uh, being a really good platform for supporting social connection. And so we're seeing it now um, in families of children with autism as well. That's so great. Do you follow the families? Do you hear from families after they've graduated um, to see if there's transferable skills or anything uh, that they're maintaining? We do. Um, we don't, uh, we don't necessarily like reach out to them. We feel like we have we are very grateful for the time that they spend with us, um, but we certainly do hear from families that they're, you know, continuing to use certain songs or certain activities or, um, you know, learning like, oh, hey, uh, you know, we're still doing, you know, we're still doing this activity and now we're focusing on it to, uh, you know, before we used to do this song to just um, kind of have a shared experience. And now, you know, he's learning his colors and some of his sort of academic skills through the song or um, parents, I'm still using the song for my emotion regulation <laughs> to calm down. And that was really helpful. Um, so a lot of families actually do reach back out. Uh, you know, they often want to know if they can do the class again or participate again. Um, so that's been really um, wonderful to hear that positive feedback and to hear that families are, are still using strategies and still engaging in music and thinking about it in a very intentional way about how how we can have this you know fun experience but how we can also use it in a way to you know motivate 
um, you know, maybe we've got to get out the door and transitioning and getting out the door to the car is a really hard thing, but maybe we pair it with a marching song and now it's a fun game and we're able to get out the door more easily. Um, so we hear families continuing to use and adapt strategies in that way. And that's been really fun. That's great. So you've really talked, you've done a really great job about explaining the program and all the research you're doing. Um, but I'd really love you to just emphasize as we're kind of wrapping up the conversation, what the impact is, why this is important to study and really why it matters in the lives of these families. For sure. So we know that um, parents' positive emotional experiences of activities, having supportive community relationships and increasing parenting competence, that these are kind of maybe like a three-legged stool and having all of these aspects can really help to increase families' willingness and then um, positive experiences of community participation activities. And so what our research is suggesting is that this sort of music class activity that has each of those elements um, it kind of really serves that purpose to, to support families in engaging in this activity and in other activities as well. And I can, um, I can think of a quote from one parent who said sort of like, you know, it's being in music class, let us see that, you know, we can do anything like there, it doesn't matter. It, you know, it may have to look a different, we might need a little extra support, but you know, we can still do anything. Um, and I thought that was incredibly powerful in regards to like, okay, they feel like they have the skills. Um, and these might be some of the music-based skills. It also may be quite frankly, some of the non-music-based supports, but seeing how they're being used in a community activity, like, oh, having a visual schedule, was really helpful and we can make one and that will help my child know what to do in this other uh, community activity that we're doing or in a home activity too. So um, I think there's both music and non-music based sort of transferable activities that families are learning. And I think the other is, you know, since many families are using music anyway and it's something their child enjoys, it, we hear it, it can be sort of very empowering for families to think, hey, this activity that we're already doing can have really, you know, positive impact on our on our family, on our on who we are and what we're doing. And so we can really harness that and use it in a very intentional way. Um, so through the research, as we kind of can understand um, more and more the mechanisms and processes by which these experiences happen, we can um, design more and uh, uh, better programs that you know, best support families and, and meet the needs that, that they have and want. That's wonderful. So along those lines, what's next for this? What's next for your lab? So, uh, well, because of COVID, we had to stop running the parent-child music classes, which is, you know, not surprising. Um, we are currently recruiting for some new studies that include some music-based interventions for toddlers with autism. And so perhaps we can drop a, a link to that if anyone's interested they can contact us um we found that some families wanted more they love the community music class but they also wanted to get some additional individualized uh supports and therapy and found that since their child was very responsive to music we're really interested in ways they could harness that even further so as i mentioned we're, we're recruiting um, now for some studies in that regard and then the other thing we're working to do is to make resources available um, for families who want to work on these activities at home or share and incorporate them in other, you know, in activities that they're doing. So we have a parent-child home toolkit. Um, we have a website and we also have a YouTube channel um, 
and that's about as technology-ish that I know, uh, but we can share the links to that. And it has um, video models and examples and audio files people can download of songs and parenting tips about ways you can be using those songs, um, as well as visual supports and printables to go along with it. Thank you so much. This is this is so fun and interesting. Is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners about this project or anything else? Well, I think I'd like to really thank all the families who have participated in the program because we certainly could not have done this research project without them at all. And um, it has been so much fun to get to spend many a Saturday morning uh, with many of these families. And then I think I'd also just sort of like to thank the Vanderbilt community writ large because in first starting this program, we had to bring a lot of stakeholders on board. So people from the Kennedy Center and from Triad and our music therapy colleagues. And so it was really great uh, talking with families to get their perspectives so we could you know, make a program. Um, and then I would give a thank you to the National Endowment for the Arts, which has been our uh, primary funding source for this research. That's wonderful. Thanks so much for sitting down to talk with me today. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The Promise of Discovery. Be sure to visit the Vanderbilt Kennedy Center website at vkc.vumc.org to learn more about today's episode. And tune in next time for more on the innovative research and intellectual and developmental disabilities from the Vanderbilt Kennedy Center.